heights to the depths of the sea. This man who had received his sight, he's going to be suffering now. They kick, they're going to kick him out of the synagogue. And he's going to be kicked out and he's going to be ostracized. But yet he knows Christ. He's going to be born again. And this man can see. And he's like, you know what? I'll gladly leave all of that behind to be with him. That's all I care about. These guys can go away. I'm going with Jesus. You can give me all the world, but give me Jesus. Isn't that this hymn that we sing? Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. These religious leaders despise the common people, and this man in particular. They were especially angry because he was right and they were wrong. The excommunication of the blind man, difficult as it was, turned out to be a good thing because he would shortly be far more connected to Jesus. The religious leaders rejected the man whom Jesus healed. Jesus then made it a point to meet with him and receive him. It hurts to be rejected by others, but God has consolation for us in Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he concludes chapter 9 in the Gospel of John. They asked him, saying to the man who was healed, they asked him again how he had received his sight, and he said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. How simple it is. How simple it is. You know, God is not complicated. It's very simple. And everybody else wants to make it complicated. Well, did he he make you go through the ten-step, brother? Did you have to do this and do that? And did you have to make sure you read, read the Mishnah? And then did you, did you get down and genuflect and, and, and then go through all these motions? No, I, I didn't do anything. In fact, I didn't even ask him to do it. He just came. And he did it. He said, go wash. And I did. I saw. Easy. Simple. <laughs> and therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath because he healed on the Sabbath. He's not of God. How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a great division among them. Notice, instead of just rejoicing with the man, I mean, think of it. When somebody hasn't seen all of their life, they've never known sight at all, and then he comes to sight, he's, he's looking around and he's almost barely able to keep his balance because now he can see things. His brain is like working overtime trying to process all this stuff. And instead of being excited and going, my goodness, this is so awesome. Let's rejoice. Let's kill the fatted calf. Let's have a big celebration and give praise to God. Let's get the guitars out and let's worship the Lord. No, they were the biggest sourpusses on the planet. Can't believe that happened. Then they said to the blind man again, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? And he said, I, I don't know, he's, he, he's a prophet, I guess. Didn't even know Jesus really that well. 
But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight. Notice, until they called his parents of him who had received his sight. They didn't even want to believe the miracle, and um, they didn't even want to believe the guy was blind. They thought somehow there was some kind of setup here. But it was blatantly obvious, blatantly obvious. What a tragedy this was. Doesn't the Bible tell us in Romans 12, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. But these guys were just long in the face, a bunch of Eeyores. Verse 19, and they asked him, saying, Is this your son whom you say was born blind? Why then does he now see? And his parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was indeed born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we don't know. He's of age. Ask him. He'll speak for himself. And they were afraid, notice. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he is Christos, the Messiah, God in the flesh, that he would put them out of the synagogue, that the Jews would put them out of the synagogue. Isn't it true that what what man can't make you do out of your own volition, they can get you to do out of fear? Aren't we seeing it? Aren't we living it right now? We're living it. What they couldn't make us do out of our own volition, now they're going to use fear to manipulate us. And, they, and, and nothing is new under the sun. The Proverbs tells us that the, that the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Jesus said, I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after have no more that they can do. But I will tell you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has the power to cast you into hell. I say, rather fear him. I, I would agree to that. I would rather fear God who has control over where my eternal salvation is, where it's going to be. Isaiah says, listen to me, you who know righteousness, you people in whose hearts is my law. Do not fear the reproach of man, nor be afraid of their insults. Therefore, his parents said to him, verse 23, he's of age, ask him. And so they again called the man who was born blind, and they said to him, give God the glory We know that this man is a sinner. And he answered and said, Whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. But one thing I do know. This is all that he did know. That though I was blind, now I see. Isn't that the hymn that we sung this morning by John Newton? I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, and now I see. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered, I told you already, and you didn't listen. Why do you you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And you can just see them gnashing at their teeth. Just, you know, I love when Gail Irwin, you guys remember Gail Irwin? I remember the faces that he used to make. You know, and that's, I can just see them doing that. Just so upset. And I love that this man, he was the only one in his right mind, this blind beggar, and he was schooling them, wasn't he? Then they reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. And we know that God has spoken to Moses. As for this man, we do not know where he is from, yet they should have known. They should have known who Jesus was. When he started making these claims, when they started him, they should have been looking into his, into his uh, pedigree. They should have been looking and finding out where he lived and then comparing it with the Scriptures. Had they done that, they would have go, uh, I think this is the Son of God. I think this is the Messiah. And of course it was. So the man answered and said to them, Why, this is a marvelous thing, that you do not know where he is from, and yet he has opened my eyes. And now 
Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, notice he hears him. Since the world began, notice this, this is very important. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. This had never happened before. This was a genuine miracle. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And again, what an amazing to- uh, testimony. He, he, again, he schooled these hypocrites. He schooled them, took them, to, took them to town, took them to college, took them out to the shed. They answered and said unto him, You are completely born in sins, and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. The fact of the matter was that he was teaching them. But their hearts had grown cold and hard. And they not only reviled Jesus, but now he is the next target. He would be reviled by them. He is guilty by association. And this is the cost of discipleship for most people. For most of us, this is the cost of discipleship. Paul spoken to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3. He said, But you have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, and perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, and what persecutions I endured. And out of all of them, the Lord delivered me. But notice, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You want to be a disciple of Jesus? You're not going to be on the news. You won't be applauded necessarily by your family and friends. You won't be applauded by those co-workers of yours. They don't understand. It's spiritually discerned. They don't understand it. and So don't expect them to clap. I, I, I remember when I got saved, I thought my family would be like, oh, that is so wonderful, you know, and put their arms around me and cry with me, and I'd be like, oh, I did. I got saved, Mom. And, you know, I wish that were the case. But it wasn't. And many of you have experienced the same thing. Now that you're a Christian, ooh, Target. You might as well wear a T-shirt with a big bullseye on it because everything is coming your way. Not only from the people that love you until, you know, and eventually they get used to you and you're like, oh, we put up with you. But you have a big target on your chest from the devil. He just loves to throw those fiery darts. You want to be called a Christian? Are you willing to suffer the price? Are you willing to be guilty by association? Are you going to go through the things that Jesus went through? And let me suggest to you, family of God, don't be discouraged when you go through difficulty because you're a child of God. Don't find it crazy when these things happen to you. If the world hates you, it says in John 15, that you know that it hated me before it hated you, Jesus said. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they have kept my word, they will keep yours also. John would also tell us in 1 John 3, Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. It doesn't mean that we are to take it personally because we are one of Christ and the world will hate us as well. And isn't it true that our natural inclination is just to fight back? You know, after all, we're American. We fight back. And the flesh wants to fight back. When somebody does something wrong, you're a Christian. Oh, Mr. Goody Two-Shoes, holier than thou. You know, you hear those kinds of things. 
And you want to just level them, right? You want to get in their face. You want to get on their case. But yet God has called us to love our enemies. What did he say in Matthew 5? You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. He makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good, sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if they love those who love you, what reward have you? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? You know, so we need to love our enemies. And I tell you, that's a really hard thing to do. And you all know this. Because every day we're confronted with things and we get discouraged. And if we're not careful, we find ourselves hating. And I really have to check my own heart. Honestly, I've never been challenged in this way more so than in the last year and a half. It's really broken my heart, to be honest with you, because I realize how ugly I can get inside. And my wife can attest to that. I take out a lot of my frustrations at home, not on them, but they, they hear my grumbling sometimes. I'm hurt. I'm frustrated. I'm angry about what's going on. And it's very easy to hate. It's very easy to get angry. See, it's okay to be angry and sin not, but I think I get angry and I sin. I don't punch holes through walls. I don't throw things. I don't abuse other people in my house. But I do get bent. And I do get frustrated, I'll be honest with you. And now I really need to face these things more than I ever have. It's like, Lord, give me a new heart. I actually pray that. I'm like, Lord, give me a new heart. Give me a new heart. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you falsely. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is in heaven. Remember when Peter and John, when they were arrested on the Temple Mount the second time, and they went before the Sanhedrin and they, they threatened them, saying, don't, don't teach anymore in the name of Jesus. And what did they say in verse 29 of Acts 5? Peter and other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. We're going to obey God rather than men. He told us to share. We're going to continue to share. And notice they, they, they beat them. In Gamaliel, one of the Pharisees, he said, you know what, if this is of God, you can't do anything against it, guys, speaking to the Pharisees. If it's of God, you're wasting your time. But if it's not of God, this thing's going to fizzle out before long. But if it's of God, be careful that you don't find yourself working against God. And so after the apostles, after they had beat them, they commanded that they should speak no more in the name of Jesus. And so they departed, notice this, from the presence of the council, rejoicing, what? That they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. This man who had received his sight, he's going to be suffering now. They're going to kick him out of the synagogue. And he's going to be kicked out and he's going to be ostracized. But yet he knows Christ. He's going to be born again. And this man can see. And he's like, you know what? I'll gladly leave all of that behind to be with him. That's all I care about. These guys can go away. I'm going with Jesus. You can give me all the world, but give me Jesus. Isn't that this hymn that we sing? So Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? 
Notice Jesus wasn't even upset that he was thrown out. He didn't go and go to him and say, oh, it's so such a sad thing. I'm so sorry you got kicked out of the synagogue. What's it like? So sad. No, Jesus is like, I'm glad you left. I leave too. I would leave too. Jesus said this about the Pharisees. He says, they are blind leaders in Matthew 15. These are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. Jesus said, do you believe that I am the Son of God? And he answered and said unto him, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Can you imagine the smile on this man's face? He didn't even know who Jesus was. He didn't know who he was. All he knew is what, he, what happened, and he washed, and he saw. And now he's getting castigated. He's getting the rumpus from everybody else. <laughs> and Jesus finally meets up with him privately. I'm sure there wasn't a big crowd around. Jesus met with him, and he says, Do you believe that I am the Son of God? Or do you believe in the Son of God? Who is he, Lord, that I might believe in him? It's me. It's me. And can you imagine the guy? just looking up and going, and tears welling up in his eyes. Never thought I'd see you. I don't know who, who you were, what you, how, how'd you do this. I don't even know. I don't even care. But the love coming through the eyes of Christ to this man, the compassion that was shown to him, he says, I believe. And you notice he worshipped him. He worshipped him. In Romans it says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus in, and you believe in your heart that he raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This man did that very thing. He believed and he saw. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see may see and that those who see may be made blind. The idea behind this is that Jesus came to reveal himself to the world, didn't he? And that through him we might be saved who were living and walking in darkness. But Jesus also knew that there were those who did claim that they knew and they, that they followed God, and yet they did not, and they would be made blind. The Pharisees, the ones who claimed to have all the spiritual knowledge and, and to have all of the, the pedigrees and all the right stuff, Jesus said, you're blind. You should know. But because you're in this, 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 this role of, of being a leader and a teacher in Israel, now you are culpable And yet you should know who I am, but because you've rejected me, now you are blind. And the blind man from birth, who never saw physically, not only did he receive his natural sight, but what happened? He received spiritual sight. He received eyes that could see. And now he's born again. Isn't it a funny thing? That all these Pharisees, these scribes, they had worked all their life, I mean, stressing and reading and, and going through all this hard labor to be where they're at and supposed to know who Jesus was, and yet they didn't know him at all. And then you got this beggar who was blind from birth. Nobody cared about him. He was just an offscouring of the earth. Nobody cared about him. They just kicked, kicked dust at him when they walked by. And yet he receives his sight, and he gets born again. And he's in so much better position. He could actually take over that school of their learning because he knew more at that moment than all the scribes and the Pharisees ever knew. They knew, he knew the love and the grace of God and his heart was changed. Unlike them, 
They walked around like they had lemons in their mouth. You know? Straining at everything and being critical. Verse 40, Then some of the Pharisees who were with him, they heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? (laughs) I would love to see the the look on Jesus' face when the Pharisees said that to him. Are we blind also? What do you think? Just to see that, I, I don't know, I wonder if he did smile or maybe he just looked at them very seriously, which is probably the case because of what he said. He says, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. Therefore your sin remains. You claim to see and you should have seen spiritually, but your your hardness of heart, you've your hardness of heart, you don't even see. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, But even if our gospel, Paul tells the Corinthians, even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, those, those whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. And, and these men were supposed to No, and yet they did not. So, let's ask the Lord to give us spiritual sight. I don't know if any of us are blind here this morning. If if you were, I probably would know about it. But we can all see physically, but are we seeing spiritually? Do we have our eyes open? Are we aware of what's going on? Are we aware of the signs of the times? Are our eyes wide open to see And we really need to, at this time in the church's history, more than ever, we need to be seeing clearly. And if you're going to see clearly, are you going to see clearly if you continually fill your mind with things of no profit? Are you going to see clearly if you're filling your mind with things that you read or watch off of YouTube? Or the things that you see on Twitter or the things that you see on the news? And you fill those things, and all those things are made to just make you angry and hate. Showing you the things that the other side has done and what they're doing. It just fills you with hate. I need to have my eyes cleansed again. I need to have my heart cleansed again. I need to have my heart softened and that my eyes, my eyes, my spiritual eyes would be wide open and clear again. Are you ready for that? Do you desire that? I do. I'm tired. I'm hurting. Like all of you, I want that. I need that. I want to have that light and that spring in my step once again. Remember that time? Do you remember the way you felt even before COVID? Remember the year before COVID in 2019, before all this happened? Things just seemed to be in a much better place. And yet they weren't, of course. It's all relative, I guess. But folks, let's open our eyes. Let's no longer slumber. As it told us in the Scripture, as Jesus said, the day is far spent and the night is coming. We need to walk as children of light and put on Jesus Christ, making no provision for the flesh. That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. 
Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.